play Emily. Let's go. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to our first um, Joe's Mental Health Awareness Show of 2023. Um, and the Joe's Mental Health Awareness is part of the World of Ability Podcast Network. Um, and I am Emily, uh, one of the co-hosts today, along with Jennifer, and uh, Kurt Roscoff is also here. Um, and would also urge everybody to go to all of our uh, Joe's Coffee Chat social media and like, share, subscribe, comment, um, interact with our pages. Um, and wherever you, wherever you found us. Um, so I'm going to pass it over to Jennifer. Thank you, Emily. Um, everybody, if you haven't been here before, Jaws Mental Health Awareness uh, is every Monday. Um, 2.30 Central, if you want to hear us live. And we usually have John Tarr here. However, we're not sure that he will show up today. We're hoping that he's okay and not sick or anything. But um, we like to talk about mental health on this show. How it interacts with ourselves as different people with different conditions, as well as the world around us. And how those of us that have mental health conditions, when we're struggling with them, we're not just impacting our own lives, but the lives that we impact around us, families, friends, workers, co-workers, uh, customers, clients, people that look forward to seeing you at the gym or people that look forward to seeing you and worshiping with you at your religious gathering. Wherever that we encounter other people, we are constantly impacting the lives of those people, whether we know them or not. And because of that, on this show, of Jaws Mental Health Awareness, I want to touch a topic that it's quite personal to me. For some of you, you may have heard me on World of Ability, uh, their Wednesday show back in 2021, I mean 2022, and you may remember if you, if you do listen to the World of Ability's Compassionate Citizens that's on Wednesdays, you may recall that in the summer of 2022, I started to wean off of a seizure medication after having my brain surgery. And I did not expect this. However, the longer I went at the reduced dose of the medication, was the closer I got and the deeper I got in depression. 
I was still seizure free. So lobectomy served to that purpose as far as uh, making me seizure free and making it more manageable as far as my epilepsy. But even though I was not having seizures, some of you may know that I was out during the holiday season as of the second week of December until today, the first Monday of January, 2023, that I'm now back. And as far as for my case, that was because I got so down in the dumps of depression that I was even irritable. And that's almost unheard of with depression because we think depression, sadness, we don't ever think of it conveying itself as irritability or frustration and other uh, high activity uh, symptoms. But I actually learned the hard way that depression actually presents itself in both forms. It can even alternate at the same time. And you may not even know, like I didn't even know that I was depressed, but my mom mentioned how I wasn't helping out around the house and I wasn't doing certain chores I usually would do. I wasn't even doing my own responsibilities in full. I was slacking off on them. Um, anyway, so all that to say, I ended up in the holiday season, the second week of December until now, New Year's. Uh, going back to the 1,200 milligrams, my original full dosage of my seizure medication, because according to my epileptologist, it is also used as a mood stabilizer. So for those of us who have different mental health illnesses, we could all end up on Aptium. And mine can be for the reasons of seizures with the mental health benefit. Someone else's could be on it for the mental health reason and not even know a thing about the seizure effect of it because they don't even have the episodes like I do with both. However, uh, Emily, Kurt, and I saw this morning that I was back to being giggly and smiling and laughing at stuff, right, Kurt? That's right. Good stuff. Okay. And interesting enough, I didn't have any difficulty making content this morning. <laughs> nah, there goes Emily shaking her head. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So what y'all knew in November of 2021, when I originally started co-hosting World of Abilities Wednesday show, Compassionate Citizen, that person is back. I'm back in town. I'm back alive. Yep. There we go. Cheers. <laughs> At least that's what Emily says with her thumbs up. Yeah, we're, we're, we're glad to have you back. <laughs> right. So that said, I had to experiment on my own to realize that even though I don't have epilepsy anymore, I still needed that medication at the full dosage that was originally put at that extreme high dosage for the purpose of controlling severe seizures. And now I need it for the mental health reasons. And so I made the decision 
on the first on Monday of the second week of December to not only did I for those of you that remember do only the Jaws diet that day and not do the afternoon shows but that also I decided that night after where my emotions were going how deep in the in the hole I was going as far as my depression to intentionally based on a conversation that I had in November with my epileptologist, return my milligrams to the full dose of my seizure medication. He permitted it, but he said it'd be up to me to decide because if I decided to go back to the full dose, I'd have to put up with the side effects. That's the whole reason I didn't want to be on it anymore. Well, in the end, when it gets me giggling and laughing, it's worth being back on that medication and it's worth dealing with those side effects. So, yes, I struggled through a hard time, but I found a solution. I did my research contacting different doctors. I spoke with the one that originally had me on the medication for a different reason, but spoke to him. I asked my therapist what I, what she thought about how I was doing between April of 2022 when I first started seeing her and July of 2022 when I first started weaning off my seizure medicine. I asked the same question about that period versus after July until December period of my psychiatrist and both agreed I was a much happier, balanced, and well overall healthy person in the summer. So putting those together with what I experienced as a patient in, I made an educated decision upon it being handed to me as my decision in my conversation with my epileptologist. So I took the option of putting myself back at the full dosage, which he, he agreed, my epileptologist, that if I did that, then he would return to prescribing it at my full dosage. Now, I did not just decide this randomly. I went to my providers and I got their advice. I also uh, researched it looking in my health diary. I keep a health diary to see how I am in different seasons of life. And I remembered the summer being a lot better season for me. I remembered the springtime, even though I had surgery, for some of you may know, I had surgery in March of 2022. And even after surgery, I was in a better place mentally than I was in the fall. So it's through using my analytical skills and looking back to recall different experiences, different moods in life from my own perspective, in addition to these opinions of these different doctors, that's how I came to this resolution. So now I'm back, but I am back at the full dosage of my Aptium upon a doctor's approval 
both for me to have the choice and him to agree to both options, whichever one I chose to stay at the 600 milligrams or to return to the 1200 milligrams. And he said either way he would prescribe it based on which option I decided to be my long-term treatment plan. So I had to, of course, after making the decision, put the 1200 milligrams in my organizer because I'm one of those, I have a medicine organizer and I take that one day's handful out of the organizer. So I did that. And then once I counted my tablets to see how many I had left, meaning how many days worth at 1200 milligrams dosage, I knew I would need a prescription sometime soon. So I called his nurse line and asked the nurse to notify my epileptologist that I returned. I chose to return to the full dosage and gave them the timeline of when that prescription ran out. From there, the doctor ordered more refills, sent in another prescription, and now I am prepared until the next time that I see him. But all of this starts with each of us as people with mental health issues looking at ourselves and looking back at how we we experienced life at different stages in time to realize when we are not quite ourselves. Some of us don't look back. Some of us just think whatever that we're experiencing at the moment is just the way the world is or life is or other people are or whatever's our perspective, depending upon our condition. But that's not the best decision. That's not the best way to go about it. The best way is to look at yourself at different seasons in life. And my best friend did that. She has schizophrenia. And when she did, and she looked at her health diary, she realized after going on this organic uh, diet, an all-natural diet as a way of using food and nutrition to balance her schizophrenia in place of medication, she saw in her health diary, and looking back, that actually the point that she was the happiest was before she went on this naturalist approach and when she was on a mental health medication called lithium. So then I asked her, without saying her name, asked her, hey, buddy, um, so what do you think about contacting your your psychiatrist and uh, seeing if they will uh, return you to the dosage you were on of aptium, I mean, of lithium, because it sounds like that lithium was better than this natural diet that you are so determined to do. And she said to me, she said, yeah, I really wanted to do that. But then I thought, I don't want to deal with all the side effects of medicine. Well, in reality, going the natural way, you're not getting rid of side effects. You're changing side effects. Like I told her, one of the things that her naturalist tells her to eat is a lot of fruit. Well, with fruit, there's sugar. It's a different type of sugar than what we have in cakes and stuff like that. But it's still sugar, so eating high amounts of that every day 
causes a risk of diabetes, even if it's later in life before someone gets the diabetes. All that to say, there's always a risk, no matter if it's the naturalist way, using natural supplements and diet, or if it's the traditional way using medication that's by pharmaceutical companies. Everything has a risk. Everything has a pro and con. You just got to pick your battles. But you also need to look at your battles and see which battle was not as hard to, to function within. Whichever medication or treatment plan, operation, whatever that either you have done and you're able to look back to see is when you were better, you need to return there or at least talk to your doctors about it. But all this starts with you looking at yourself and looking back on your time of what you have gone through to see when you were at your best functionality, your best mental health stability. And those times are the times we want to spend our whole life in. So whatever it takes, whether it's my best friend going back on lithium or it's me going back to the 1200 milligrams of aptium, that's what we need to do. And we each need to take our own responsibility for our own actions. Because whether it's being not so truthful with your psychiatrist and or therapist, or it's not seeing a therapist or psychiatrist to even get their help. Either way, a portion of what you go through is your own fault. Uh, Rather, you are open and honest with your providers of what you're going through, what you're experiencing for them to know which medicine is better for you. Or it's you just not taking your medicine. Or maybe you just not even admitting that you have the diagnosis that somebody gave you. Or you go through something and you don't see a provider that can give you a diagnosis and give you a treatment plan to allow you to function at your best ability while having the condition. Denying that you have a condition or not getting it diagnosed and not getting it handled does not eliminate the fact that you still have it. It just allows the battle to be stronger and more dominating. Do y'all have anything to say, Emily or Kurt? That's impressive. I mean, I guess just congratulations. Yeah, I don't even run even run at the moment. What'd you say? But yeah, but, but yeah. Kurt, did you have anything before you leave? Um, sure. Um, just a quick question on the uh, video here, Emily. Do you have this selected? It seems like when we're talking here, my screen isn't showing the. Um, trying to, there we go. Now you're on, here we go on the job training folks. <laughs> so, um, there we are. There's me. All right. So now people can see who's talking. So, uh, so yeah, in terms of mental health, I'm involved with Optimus International, which, um, you know, is all there to be friend of youth, bring out the best in kids. Every Optimist Club formed to serve the youth 
the community and ourselves. And there's an Optimist Creed, uh, which I think speaks um, to the direction of mental health a little bit. And um, Jennifer, you connected to Emily and I through the Happy Neighborhood Project. I see the work that Edwin Ediberry and his wife, uh, Helen Kaoma, what they do. Um, I see serving the realm of mental health um, to talk about happiness as a skill and um, to um, to have um, happiness as a default position, you know, kind of serves, you know, one little slice of how people can, you know, um, you know, take responsibility for their mental health and, uh, you know, choose to take steps and actions and build habits um, that help bring us to the brighter side of, you know, mental health. And, um, you know, and, and I think a lot of progress in the decades of past, especially in the last decade and even the last handful of years um, in terms of uh, removing some of the stigma uh, that is associated with mental health and having somebody with a mental health diagnosis. I think um, basically everyone starts to see this importance of thinking about what, what you're doing in the mental health side of things. I know, um, you know, the youth part of my life, um, you know, there was a lot of stuff shared uh, as I was going through my teen years about positive affirmations and stuff like this. So, so mental health is something that we all work on and there are things um, like prescriptions and, you know, mental health uh, medications and so forth that kind of, um, you know, build that path of success a little bit more predictably and a little more assuredly um, at times. So I think the mental health part of our lives is kind of a venture and adventure of its own. And, you know, I think, um, you know, with the show that we do through World of Ability Podcast Network, it's Compassionate Citizens that comes from the Compassionate Citizens Project. So I think this area of compassion is kind of what we're seeing opening up and, um, you know, being something where, you know, we all affect each other. And I think our awareness of that and the importance of kindness and the old or the age-old virtues of happiness peace love and joy you know so i think a lot is being done to to kind of help the disposition and kind of help that nudging of being in in a better place um you know but medically speaking you know that stuff can all be well and good but it may not be the end-all cure-all you know to have these behavioral adjustments or to have these skills or to do these things. Sometimes it takes uh, getting with a professional and, um, you know, kind of having a little bit more intervention from the science and the, um, you know, the biochemistry and stuff like that. We were with somebody earlier today. The product or bodily experience to get a little bit more where, where, um, you know, like endorphins and things like that are more readily available. So, so yeah, definitely um, celebrating the, um, 
you know, exchange with your friends, Jennifer. Uh, a mantra that everybody needs. The greatest healthcare crisis known to humankind is social isolation. So to, um, to remember to invite others and to welcome people. people time base and say can i help you and sometimes just being there with people is helpful and sometimes uh, offering that they can talk and you just listen sometimes that's the key so so yeah a lot of things that this unfolds um but i'm gonna have to pay thanks for having me on here that I'm not at a social place, whether it's the gym where I have certain friends I work out with, or it's the Chamber of Commerce meeting where I meet a lot of other people with high influence that are in the local Katy area, um, or among other things I do, sometimes just simply going to the coffee ch shop or whatever. But there's all these different places where I meet up with different people, even my church and so forth, throughout the week. And if I spent every day here where I was on here doing a full time of this show or a different series mm -hmm. on Jaws Coffee Chat, I would not have enough time to spend in public with interaction with other people, which goes to exactly what you're saying is the balance. And I think that also goes to the idea of work and life balance, because for me, the life needs to be a bigger share of the time than the work, uh, because of work involves being here where I'm by myself versus the interaction actually in person on my off days where I'm doing paperwork or other stuff as opposed to the podcast. And I'm interacting with other people, even if it's my best friend, Jen, she has a store. Uh, right here in Brookshire, Texas. And um, I sometimes just go in and volunteer to play cashier at her store because she wants a day off. I'm not working for her. I'm not technically a cashier, but I'm just simply doing my own work at her desk. And if she has a customer that's ready to purchase something, I check them out. Otherwise, I'm just sitting there doing my own thing. But that gives me the social interaction between with our customers and the personal satisfaction of helping somebody else out. And I have other friends I do stuff like that with as well. That then again, like you're saying, is also a way of helping ourselves. Kurt, are you still with us? He's not. Oh. <laughs> so what you guys say, Emily? Well, fundamental health is a, a, a very important topic. Um, and that, and uh, that needs to be taken seriously. Um, 
uh, something to really take lately. Um, well, you know, something uh, interesting uh, I heard was, you know how Kurt was saying just now when it was his turn about it becoming a big thing, a big major topic over the last 10 years? Mm -hmm. I don't think it really became drastically big until the pandemic. You remember how during the pandemic? Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I think right? it probably, I think it probably, <clears throat> it probably was like kind of like a gradual thing or and maybe not as obvious in certain things until, like you said, the pandemic. Right, but then um, it spiked as opposed to gradual. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I say it wasn't really till the pandemic that it became a big topic. Like you didn't hear the news talking about obvious. I mean it's I think it's always been an important topic that people are talking about, but uh, I think things like this of the pandemic and they're kind of big things just um uh, bring these kind of like issues out more into the uh, like forefront mainstream yeah because i think everybody's been always been talking about mental health for most of lives just um a matter of you get what i'm saying right people talk about it but it didn't really hit mainstream tv as far as being a main topic of the news like cnn or ABC or MSNBC until the pandemic. That doesn't mean it wasn't yeah, already was, happening was, and it wasn't already uh, something that had a gradual growing number of people to suffer from. But you yeah, didn't really find enough to hit mainstream news until the pandemic. Yeah, everybody started focusing more on that one thing instead of uh, mental health being one of like several things. Well, in the pandemic, it was one of several because you remember we had the the economic crisis as well as the Black Lives Matter as well as Asian Lives Matter, and then yeah, um, I mean, and I was just talking in general as as a whole. Well, just it was one but of the more predominant. It was one of the more predominant instead of such a minor topic. That's what I think you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, it became more predominant once the pandemic hit. Um, right. It was one of the top five things. Yep. Because yeah, they, they said that in the pandemic, mental health started to affect people who had no history of it, neither did anybody in their family of anything mental right. health related. And, you know, I, I have friends who still now act like the lockdown is still going on as far as they don't go out anywhere. Well, and okay. a, a couple other friends of mine were shocked when the two that are staying cooped up in their house said they'd come to my birthday party. 
And so my birthday party is later in January, but um, they, my best friend that, that sees me all the time was like, what, how in the world did you get those, you know, without saying the name, the guy and the girl to, to uh, come to your party? I haven't seen them around. Are they even okay? So I texted the two that have been kind of cooped up and hiding out and told them that this other friend of ours that we all know, because we're like all a group of five that know each other, um, was worried about what's going on. And the female just said that, that they've been just trying to protect themselves from COVID. And so they haven't really come out and just, my birthday party was at a point in time that they just needed a chance to get out because they're so cooped up that they're struggling. And it makes me wonder if it's mental health because both of them have jobs still. They just have now work from home jobs. So to me, that's like, okay, you have work from home jobs. The lockdown's over, but you're staying cooped up all the time as opposed to just during work hours that you have to you know, you have to be sitting there, right? And they're not even going to their favorite social places where all five of us originally met. And it's just weird. So we've all been concerned about them. But there's people like that that we never know could be suffering of something mental health related that just haven't opened up about it, whether it's to us or it's to healthcare providers or whatever. But that there's some reason they go from being social butterflies at every birthday party and every social event that's get together over coffee or whatever to now suddenly avoiding everybody. Yeah. Even if, even, uh, if they're even aware of, um, they have something. Um, well, that's the thing with the pandemic. Cause there could be some, they have that they just hasn't been diagnosed yet. And, it hasn't shown like obvious. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is that that's how many lives were affected by the pandemic who had no prior history of mental health illnesses, but stuff like that is where it's showing up still, even though the pandemic is supposedly over. Yeah. So there's cases like that, that like you say, may be undiscovered. They may be, you know, someone hasn't uncovered that they have something going on. But that doesn't mean that they don't have it going on, whatever that something is. Yeah, it just may not be as obvious to themselves. The or person with it, really. Yeah, the person themselves or maybe hourly if it's like obvious. But that's the, did you know that's the number one key? The number one struggle with mental health illnesses is that the person who has the mental illnesses doesn't know they have it. They don't know they're different. Um, like when I spent my whole life having seizures, I didn't know seizures wasn't something everybody had. Yeah. You know, and whether somebody is depressed or they're anxious or they're panic, like, you know, panic attacks. It, if they have it, like let's say it was a reaction to the pandemic and they have it for the rest of their lives they don't necessarily know that that's a diagnosis if they've never been and they're not even in any kind of mental health related field to have any way to have known. 
they don't necessarily know something's right. wrong with them. So they don't necessarily know they need to get help or that there is help. Yeah, especially um, younger people, but even even older adults, if it's, yeah. Well, a lot uh, of the older adults still don't know. They're very blind to it because yeah, I, I know. Just no one else say, has had it before. So they don't know what it is to know it's even a diagnosis. Yeah, I'm sure how to. Um, yeah, then it's like finding, figuring out um, for the right person to go to and the ask questions. And, and that's the part okay. where many yeah, of figured out right i was gonna say in that part you're talking about is when many of them somebody brings it to their attention that they can get help they often are, are too shy or uh feel that there's some kind of label of seeking help like if they see a psychiatrist they'll get a certain label on them or if they see a therapist they'll get a certain label on them that these things place fears of when someone gives them that initiative that they need to see somebody they don't want to because of these whatever bad labels, right? Remember, so somebody could tell them they need to, and then they run into that hurdle, right? And bourbon might be a little bit um, with denial too, with denial that maybe they have whatever it is. Um. I think both. Yeah, they that for themselves, even if somebody is telling them this might be what it is, you know, and to have it checked out and that kind of thing. Um. But I was talking about the the um. But yeah, the the, like, the, the label because some people think it gives them a label, meaning like they they're yeah. embarrassed because of whatever that will categorize them as. Yeah, for shame in the in the idea that you have to see a therapist, or shame of some sort because you have to see a psychiatrist. Yeah, because of now, uh, maybe a condition you didn't realize that you had. It's one that's not totally obvious right away. I was very hard to identify. I never would have known when I was 14 that I had a mental health condition. I mean, that's when I first got PTSD, but I had no idea. And at that time, I wasn't even diagnosed with my Asperger's. So then again, I had no idea anything was wrong with me besides my epilepsy. And to me, it was kind of like, why did people make fun of me when, you know, if I have epilepsy, I thought that's just normal because that's all what I have spent my whole life having. So I didn't know that I wasn't normal. And I wondered why all these kids made fun of me when I was growing up, my peers. It was, it was blinding to me. If that's all I knew, how was I to know my way wasn't what other people discover and experience? And that's what I see as a hurdle, whether it's later in life with mental health or it's early in life. It's if if that's all, you know, you can't necessarily see that your way is not normal. 
Because you have nothing to compare it with. Yeah. You have any new thoughts? Um, I think just um, one for our uh, listeners out there to um, remind or may encourage everybody to take your own mental health. Um, Take it seriously. Seriously. And um, um, to um, get like get the get the uh, help that you get the help you need in order to um, either get past it or be able to um, kind of deal with the situation better and. And if you don't know, who yeah, just yeah, said yeah, I just say not, I just not pull it off and think it's not important. Exactly. Well, it's something that could 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 or um, be something. And if you're not sure what serious. kind of doctor to see, see your regular primary care physician and open up to him or her about what you are experiencing, your feelings, your mood your attitude, emotions, everything, thoughts, fears, just tell them everything and let them tell you who to see, whether they can just prescribe medication or they may send you to a psychiatrist or they may send you to a therapist or wherever, whoever. But if you don't know who to see to get your help started, see your primary care physician, your regular family doctor. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Uh, a good, a good place to start. And put you in the right direction, hopefully. Right, because primary care is usually say if they can treat it, and if not, then what kind of specialist we need for whatever in the world we go to them about. Yeah. They know where to point us, even if we don't know which direction to go. Um, so that was a, that was a big point I wanted to. No. Oh yeah, I'm agreeing with you and adding to it to share the audience. That's a big point I want to make sure we get through to or out there to our listeners is to take it seriously and um, if you need help, then get the help that you need. Um, so. Um, um, yeah, so, uh, 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 yeah, I was kind of like you, Jennifer, when I was growing up, I mean, I had felt that something was a little different. I just didn't know what and didn't get diagnosed with. Asperger's until I was in my 20s. 
So um, that's funny. I was in my twenties. I was twenty six when I was diagnosed. Uh, I might have been around that same age too. I don't remember. That wow, that's yeah. just odd. <laughs> yeah, our lives paralleled in quite some ways, didn't they? Yep, they did. Um, so yeah, if, yeah, if something doesn't seem right to you to, yeah, they're not just a blood off to have it checked into for not wait until, uh, years down the road, cause it could. Well, like my aspirin is. You know, the sooner this takes care of the, the better. In, in, my, in most cases, I think. Right. Yeah, I was going to say my Asperger's, I didn't find out on purpose. I actually went to stay in an apartment and there was a psychologist that worked there who uh, somebody called to come to my apartment to help me through a crisis. And that psychologist that helped me through the crisis was the one that originally gave me the diagnosis. I didn't call her. I didn't, I didn't tell her I needed to talk to her or, you know, I, whatever, like just somebody else in the disability apartment housing, uh, told her to come to me to help me because they identified that I was in a crisis. And she gave me the label, the diagnosis. And honestly, it's kind of weird because the, the therapist in this center was actually a best friend of my mom's. Oh, well. <laughs> so it's a small world, if it you know what I'm saying. That's what I was just going to say, though. So it turns out that she and my mom stay in touch, and she knows about how well I'm doing. And my mom gives her the credit for the first step, which was the identification of the illness. Yeah. I think some of that goes to the person in your apartment building. <laughs> well, mom was in the apartment. I got depressed there because everybody there was on disability. And most of the ones there were intellectually challenged. And so they, um, <clears throat> they like didn't have the credentials to be able to work. Neither did they have the intelligence because of, you know, the types and, and degrees of disabilities they had. And I was the only one there that worked. And I just got so, so discouraged, so discouraged and depressed because I was like, why is everybody asking me why am I even trying to work? Doesn't everybody work a job? I mean, it looks wrong to me trying to work. <laughs> you know, but they were all like, well, well, then you can do this and this fun activity here at the center. If you just, you know, stop working, you don't have to work to be here. Nobody here works besides you. <laughs> well, I, I was referring to the woman who um, brought up to the 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 friend of your mom. Oh yeah. 
somebody called her up to help me with the yeah, prices. So, I think, so, so that's her. We're going to give a little credit to that person, too. You mean that it was her as opposed to anybody else in that trade? Yeah, well, they're, um, they're in, in, the center, in the sense that uh, she might have gotten, sort of got the ball rolling in that I mean, she yeah. said something to the person and that person came out to evaluate and whatever, but um, because if that person didn't do it, who knows when, if or when. Right. You would have been diagnosed. Right? Yes. Yeah, it was kind of surprising. It's like just pops up new stuff. We never know what to expect in life. Nope. You don't. <laughs> like I remember thinking of things we don't know what to expect. Like I remember 2019 Christmas and we were talking about 2020 being a good year. And now in 2023, we all know why 2020 was not a good year, at least in most opinions, right? Yeah. So. Well, but that hit us by shock. Yeah, in great part to the COVID. Yeah. And, and that's, that surprised pretty much the whole world when we went through what started in February of 2020 while we went into 2020 talking about what a great year was going to be. Yeah. And here we are going the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's, let's not say anything like that. We want 2023 to be a good year too. Yeah. We're only on our second day. So, Right? Ask for anything. Yeah, we don't need to be jinxing anything here. So I know we don't need to. We don't need to request anything that God delivers without us wanting. Yes. You know how some people say there's the power of speaking things into being. Mm-hmm. So let's not try to challenge that power. No. <laughs> Um, so I think we might be almost at our, um, hour, um, five minutes away from the hour. Um, so go ahead with the next step. So, um, um, we should have John back next week. Um. He got back with you? What? He got back with you? Yeah, he he just forgot and was out shopping with his wife. But he would be on (laughs) the the next, the one coming up, I think, is what he meant. But um, but, uh, as far as any uh, announcements or events, um, the biggest one for me at the moment is the International Day of Happiness that is um, occurring on March 17th or St. Patrick's Day. Um, to celebrate the International Day of Happiness, which 
Um, the official day is March 20th, um, but the Happy Neighbor Budget is uh, celebrating it a few days early. So everybody can go to the website hmpabc.com forward slash IDH um, to find out more information and to um, get your ticket. Uh, tickets are now $30 um, for the month of January. Um, are starting in February, they are going to be $40. Um, so I encourage everybody or encourage those who are planning on attending um, to get your ticket ASAP. Now, at this event, it's going to last a last 9 a.m. Pacific to 3 p.m. Pacific, which is, 9 to, which is noon to 2, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, there's going to be um, speakers, uh, networking, prizes, among other things. Um, should be a uh, good time. Uh, the one thing that's special uh, for this 2023 one is that um, we are trying to break the Guinness Book of World Records of the most people speed networking at one time. Um, the current record is 1,068. Uh, that was set by Bill Doom in 2014. Um, so we're looking to get create a few more people than 1,068. So, um, everybody to invite everybody, you know, and, um, try and make this a even more awesome event. Um, so John, do you have any other announcements that you'd like to Say before we say our farewell. Yes. Um, if any of you listening or viewing us uh, at any point would like to be part of our team, we are looking for various people to fill different roles from a virtual assistant to help with uh, social media, marketing, accounting, uh, digital marketing, like social media posting, uh, helping with putting search words on podcasts and leading podcasts. Uh, anyways, there's, we can give you more details, but if you'd like to help with any of the marketing aspect or any of the ones already named as a virtual assistant, Please uh, be sure to get on our calendar. That's Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com forward slash Jen's Books and More. That's J-E-N-N-S Books and More. Also, you can go on the same link to get on our calendar if you'd like to be considered for a social media manager role. 
And this person would also be helping with search engine optimization and other things like that. And the social media candidate, as well as the uh, public relations candidate for doing press releases, uh, maybe helping write blog posts and help with search words or posting social media and so forth. Um, but that's public relations in addition to social media marketing that we're talking about. If you want to do any combination, please also, even if it's for these positions, go to Calendly.com slash J-E-N-N-S, books and more. That's Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com forward slash J-E-N-N-S, books and more. We are right now recording this on January 2nd, 2023. It is presently 3.30 Central Time. And we are looking for candidates to start filling these roles, as well as candidates to help co-host, co-produce, co-manage, co-lead, and other ways participate as part of the production so we can generate and make more podcasts in addition to having more on our team to uh, expand the work productivity together. If you are interested in any of these roles, we are willing to share a percentage of the profitability um, as we, all of us work together like different business owners as a team with us all splitting the profit. Uh, and we don't pay anybody any set number amount dollars per hour everybody's on their percentage of the team effort of growing the podcast so if you're interested in any of those go to calendly c-a-l-e-n-d-l-y dot com forward slash j-e-n-n-s books and more if this is not something you're interested in but you know somebody please be sure to send it to them share uh copy and paste it to them or however else to get it to the other people. If you're interested in being on our podcast as a um, guest speaker, you can also go to the same link and we would like to meet with you and see if possibly you would like a partnership to have a show about you, your business and what you do. Um, <clears throat> or what you represent such as the cause. Uh, we love working with churches, Bible teachers, pastors, and others who love to spread the word of Christ. In addition to for-profit businesses where we can each help each other profit more. <clears throat> Whatever may be your um, trade or reason for interest, we want to hear from you. So please go ahead and meet with us. <clears throat> if you want to be a guest speaker, please go to calendly.com forward slash Jaws Coffee Chat. All guest speakers who want to speak, just an episode or, or so forth to join shows we already have, as opposed to making a show for your own about your trade please go to calendly.com forward slash J-A-W-S coffee chat.
And there, uh, Emily will um, make sure you get added to the right TV show, or the, I mean, not TV show, but the right podcast show that you are interested in uh, being present as a guest speaker on. I would like to, um, or we would like to thank everybody who came on today, as well as everybody who tuned in. Um, Let's look at this one real quick. Okay. If you are a female who would like to study the Bible network, um, have discussion groups and social events together, please go to meetup.com slash aspire dash women dash four dash excellence or go to meetup.com and just look up aspire women for excellence this is a a bible study where you can find me and you can also if you're another female uh join for networking or entrepreneurship what they call um entrepreneurship which is the Aspire Women for Excellence Faith uh, networking for entrepreneurs who are females and uh, faith-driven Christian women. We don't have anything presently for men. However, you can go on meetup.com and look up Bible studies for men or networking for Christians and other things of that nature. For the men, however, we are welcoming all women from everywhere because our Bible studies, entrepreneurship, networking, and everything else is done virtually using Meetup. I mean, using on it's it shows as announcements of the date and time on Meetup, but we actually meet on Zoom. And if you'd like to learn more about me, Jennifer A. Whitaker. Please go to our website and check us out at Jens, J-E-N-N-S, booksandmore.com. And that's where you can learn more about myself, Jennifer A. Whitaker, a.k.a. Jaw, www.jenns, booksandmore.com. Over to you, Emily. All right. We would like to thank everybody who came on today as well as everybody who tuned in. Um, uh, special thanks to Marcus Sard of Transform Your Media and um, Jay of the Historian of the Disability Channel and Zach Clayton of the PAC Channel and having us have this show on their platforms. Um, If um, you're watching this, but have uh, any questions, um, comments, concerns, can always reach out to us at um, jawscoffeechat at gmail.com. And we will, someone will get back to you as soon as we can. Um, also want to remind everybody to go to all of our um, Jazz Coffee Chat social media pages and groups. 
Um, and like, subscribe, share, comment, um, interact with our social media pages. Um, and wherever you wherever you found us. Um, and our next uh, mental health awareness show will be next Monday, January 9th. Um, back here at 2.30 p.m. Central. Um, as we were just in tuning in again next week. Um, and So on behalf of um, Jen, John, and Kurt, uh, we wish you all a uh, productive and productive, safe and productive week, and have a stay happy.